podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my frozen field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I am Trev Downey. And I'm joined tonight for the Anfield Index podcast number 350 by Lisa Marie Hanahan and Cam Branch. We're going to try to talk about football-related things and red-related things and all that kind of stuff and see where it goes. And, you know, we will probably do a tangent or two, as we tend to. Lisa Marie, it's been a short turnaround since you and I did this show uh, just ourselves last time around, had a nice chat about things that grind our gears and football. Um, some nice feedback to the show as well, uh, and it's always nice to hear that from listeners. So in the interim, how have you been, my friend? Well, you know, Trev, I've had very Irish weather this week. It has been oh. rainy and Yes, but kind of warm. So maybe not true December Irish weather, but but yes, I I'm it's it's good because it's getting me ready for and Trev knows this, my trip to Ireland in February. So I'm getting acclimated. It's fantastic. Um which is in roughly 52 days from now. <laughs> R- roughly yeah. roughly 52 days. <laughs> I kind of lost hours. track of my countdown, but yes. So um very excited to be headed over to um, the Emerald Isle, as they say, um, the first week of February. And I will probably be rather obnoxious with the countdown moving forward. So, um, yeah, y'all brace yourselves. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. I, I, I can I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm delighted. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. I'm, I'm glad you put it out there now because uh, I'm sure you'll have uh, the uh, the paddy contingent of ai reaching out to you as well uh and is something for us uh, to, to look forward to and talk about together on the show as we go forward for sure we could do a little uh trev recommends section that would be lovely <laughs> i am open not only from you but from anybody um in the irish liverpool contingent to to throw me some recommendations because absolutely those are the best from the people who actually live there the things to see and the things to do and restaurant wrecks are also welcome so absolutely absolutely we'll take advice from all um solid irish men um which unfortunately that does include alan o'donoghue but you know we will (laughs) we, we we will listen to the likes of young Hendrick and we'll, we'll get there. Uh, and we're joined to make it three again and far more familiar field to the show by Cam Branch also. Cam, like myself, you're just in the door. How's the week been for you, friend? Um, yeah, it's been a, a usual week at the, the shit job. So, um, <laughs> um, 
you know. I hope your employers don't listen to this show. <laughs> I couldn't give them monkeys, to be honest. Um, <laughs> they love me for some bizarre reason. They think I'm brilliant and I'm going to do really well there. And I'm like, I fucking hate this place. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah. And so I'm doomed. I'm going to spend the rest of my days there. So, uh, there's no chance anybody else is going to take me on now if they hear this. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been lurgied up all week. I'm, I'm very snivelly going out outside and my nose freezes and I don't even know I've got nose at, at, at some points when I'm out there. Uh, come back inside and then and all I'm doing is going through rolls and rolls of tissues. So, um, it's just, yeah, the lurgy's not been good, but. Yeah, still got it. Got a bit of a headache right now, but you know, we, I thought I'd battle through this tonight. You know, I thought um, it's important. You know, to, to you know, w- one week off is uh, is probably just about acceptable, isn't it, for the lady? Do you not remember what my voice sounded like a couple of weeks ago on the show? All of you, man up. Let's go. It's true. It is true. <laughs> she has no idea, does she, Trev? No, she doesn't, because as a woman, she doesn't understand what man no. flu is. Uh, and it's, you know, I have oh, a husband and two sons. I get it. No, 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 you don't. I'm sorry. This no, is where you we, don't. This is where we stand, we stand up on our platform and go, you don't understand our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our bodies are right. Yeah, whatever. Um, pregnancy, childbirth. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. This <laughs> is... This is our, our one on, moment. Sorry. It's our one moment to say you don't understand our pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my youngest uh, uh, daughter, she's been in bed for a week. Oh. She's had it bad. She's Ooh. got it bad. She suddenly got it Sunday night as well, and that was it. Oh, game over. Game changer. So yeah. um, she hasn't been to school all week. So I'm sure uh, the school's been impressed with that. But what can you do? Well, but isn't she the school bully? So maybe they're appreciating the break. Yeah, let's not say that too loud. She gets a bit angry. Oh, <laughs> you started it. I would never have well, said it. You hadn't well, said it. this is true. I did start it. I did start it. Guilty as judged. Speaking of which, we should actually start the show with a football topic. Uh, you will have noticed, uh, if you're a regular listener, that there is no clip from me, no introductory um, little uh, ramblings from Cam or from Lisa Marie, because we're doing the show uh, because it's literally the only window that we have to do the show in. So we didn't have time to prep in our usual way. Uh, like I said, myself and Cam just in the door and Lisa Marie's got like a million things to do over the next couple of days, as do I, as does Cam. So we're doing it as we can. So it's going to have an element of the old jazz to it. There is a story, however, that is sort of dominating my mind because what I saw today I find it very hard to shrug off uh, sort of encroaching pessimism that was dragging me back to the dark old days it seems as if we're not allowed to have nice things because we heard today as we were trying to revel in the pictures of Tiago's ties uh, from the training camp uh, in uh, Dubai uh, ahead of these Super Cup games against Leon and whoever the hell else we heard that uh, Luis Diaz had to return to Anfield and Melwood and the various club doctors and fitness people there because of a recurrence or uh, an irritation 
of the injury I think that he had before. He had missed a few sessions on Thursday and Friday. Now he's going to set out these games and we're told he's returning home today. There's a note here from the website five hours ago where Kloppo says, it's all good with the boys who are here. What's not good is we have to see with Lucho. He felt something and we need to have further assessment there. But apart from that, they look really, really good. So it could be maybe not as bad or catastrophic as everybody fears, but we could certainly do without it, uh, given the context of where we are. And I know I was looking forward to us maybe hitting the ground running. And I don't know what either of you think, but maybe you might respond to this as a question, Cam. Um, it's my firm opinion that barring some sort of uh, miraculous, absolutely not going to happen recruitment over the next two weeks, we're really going to need Luis Diaz and Luis Diaz at his best if we're going to get anywhere near that top four and get the run together that's required. Would you agree with that or do you think it's doable without him for a while? No, we need him. Um, we need him, we need Jota, we need every every fit body available. We, we don't have a midfield. Um, we can, You can't just rely on three forwards, um, which is what we currently have because obviously, like I say, Jota's missing as well. Um, it's it's annoying. It's really really annoying. But it's better it's happened now than in two weeks' time. That's the only way I can look at it. You know, when the season has restarted. Yeah. So at least they can they can get him back. They can look at um, working on whatever the issue is and trying to put him right. And if he misses a game or two at the beginning rather than break down and then miss three, four, five games. That's the only blessing I can take out of this. So um hopefully it's just a minor little you know, like you said like you said, he said he felt something. Um that doesn't sound like it's oh my God, you know, a ruptured Achilles tendon or something like that. You know, that's feeling something as well, isn't it? But hopefully it's just something little, it's just a minor little setback. And that happens, you know, I mean what exactly is the injury? Does anybody actually know that? The only thing that has been put out there, and again, that's not in the quote from Kloppo, the only thing that's been put out there is that it's uh, an issue with the previous injury, a sort of an irritation. No, I mean, as in what was the previous injury? I think it was oh, his knee. It was a knee problem, yeah. Knee, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I couldn't remember what it was, so that's why I was asking. <laughs> um, well... But you've got to be careful with it. It's like any any injury can have a knock-on effect as well. So, yeah, it, like I say, it, for me, it's just more annoying than anything else. Um, hopefully, you know, they get it sorted and he'll, he'll be back up and running and playing football in, a, in two or three weeks' time. Lisa Marie, Kloppo continued, we all want to strike back, meaning to get back into good form. That's the reality. We don't accept things like this. I think he's referring to the league position. He continues, but it's a difficult. It's difficult in a season to change things because you play every three days and you have a problem. Then you try to sort it. Then you create another problem. That happens very often. We came through a difficult spell, and now I think we're sixth in the table or whatever. Uh, yes, he says there's some distance, but I don't know where it will end up. But I want to see us fighting for each inch. To be honest. That's what we try to create here. Now, this is all exactly the type of thing you would expect from Jurgen. 
what else can the fella say? But can't you see what I can see there, which is that people are going to pull those quotes apart and say, oh, we're definitely not signing anybody because you can't change. He's saying you can't change it. It's difficult to change it in the season. And obviously one way you can impact a team and change it is by uh, drafting in personnel who are already fit, having played um, a chunk of a season already or perhaps even participated in the World Cup. Um, so it's hard to read that other than that way. Uh, well, it certainly will be for a lot of people. Um, are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. When you put the diaz injury in context it's not just about the diaz injury it's about the run that we've been on and it's really not good it's really really not good there's we're losing so many people on such a regular basis for so many games that it does really feel as if the season's been badly impaired in a way that really isn't you know it's not being taken into account by all the the dooms doomsayers and people you know haranguing the performances yes we should have done better with the players we had available but this is a big 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 uh hindrance to any team getting any sort of rhythm isn't it it is but you know i mean again in a normal season absolutely you you it is very difficult to reset mid-season and and this is me coming from the you know more positive side of the spectrum here but i do think as much as we were all not looking forward to this World Cup break, I kind of think it hit um, at as good a time as could be expected, you know, to allow us to kind of reset. And I mean, and now, you know, Darwin's coming, <clears throat> excuse me, Darwin's coming back from the World Cup early um, as of today. Allie and Fab are, you know, they're, they're headed back too. Um, so we could have very, minimal impact from the fatigue from that tournament that some of the other teams like say man city um could be experiencing so i don't know i mean i you know it is what it is you kind of have to work with what you've got but um you know and i agree with what cam was saying on on the you know the diaz injury is that you know if it's got to you know this week is probably as best a time for it you know for him to have maybe a little bit of a setback than say the first week of January. So, um, yeah, so it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, people are going to pull apart and think that, well, that means we're not getting anybody in and who knows, you know, especially with the potential sale of the club and all of that kind of being up in the air, who knew if we were even going to get anybody in anyway. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think like we, we've always say you can only play the games in front of you and it, it, that's kind of what it is. You know, this is what we've got. Then we just need to move forward and 
hope for the best. Well, Golly. let me let me let me bounce. I, I know uh, this is exactly, that's exactly where I was in my head. You see where you got to at the end there. I was saying <laughs> things that sounded like that, and I thought, oh crap. You know, because I was. Y'all want to slap me? It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just mean I was rationalizing. I, I don't want to be rationalizing. I want to be bullish. I want to be upbeat. I want to be really positive. And in an attempt to sort of drag us in that direction, and this may annoy the shit out of the listeners. I'm sorry if it does, but it is the topic du jour. What do you want me to do, folks? We have to talk about it. There is no larger elephant in the room. I'll I'll stay with you, Lisa Marie, and then go to Cam on this because you will both have, no matter what sort of work schedule you've had, if you flick through your phone at all, you will both have seen endless, I mean endless footage of Jordan Henderson basically romancing (laughs) Jude Bellingham in a way that is, 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 I mean, it's unprecedented. The lad is out there shilling hard for a Liverpool football club. There is no two ways about it. I I, I, I applaud his enthusiasm and endeavour. You'll have seen the clips that I did where the young fella is entirely non-committal and he seems to be a nice kid who has a bit of fun about him, a bit of humour about him, not too arrogant considering the uh, status he has within the game at such a young age. Uh, I spoke to Dave Davis on our transfer pod which we recorded on Monday, uh, I think went out on Wednesday, and we were sort of, both of us were like frenetically texting over and back uh, on Monday, as Monday turned into Tuesday, turned Wednesday morning, going, all our stories are getting taken by other people. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were uh, a little bit frustrated about, about, about seeing that, because that's just the nature of those shows. You want to get in first or have the story first. That's just the 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 atmosphere you find yourself dragged into. But of course, on that show, we spoke, both of us, about the Bellingham thing. And we are, as 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 a pair on that show, entirely, 100% all in on this and sort of allowing ourselves to think that it's highly possible, if not probable, that it might happen. And I can hear all our pessimistic listeners going, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. You can stop listening now because it's going to go on like this for a while for me. But I said I'd uh, drop this uh, on both of you and see what you think. I mean, listen, Marie, just based on based on, 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 on the anecdotal stuff, which we can see, you know, the, the, the stories we hear, the video clips we can see, the interviews that we've seen, awkward and all as they are, um, the bits that have been dropped in the uh, various um, media outlets by various people of various levels of trustworthiness. Where where do you find yourself landing on this? Is there is there a level of optimism in you about it, or are you wildly cautious, or do you think it's absolute paper talk? Where where are you on the spectrum? Yes. <laughs> what do you mean, yes? <laughs> meaning depending on the time of day and Uh, my mood when I'm reading whatever story I could land in (laughs) any of those spots (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah I don't know you have to think that if it wasn't a strong possibility Henderson wouldn't be you know so out there with it you know I mean so up in front and you know Anyway, I don't know. I mean, 
that's the the optimism in me speaking once again. Um, yeah. But, and, you know, and I mean, I think even if he does come, it's not likely to happen, my understanding, until June. I mean, I don't think he would move in January. I don't think Dortmund would, would release him to do that. So, um, you know, he, he would be a long-term solution, not a short-term one, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have to say I'd kind of talked myself out of him kind yeah. of coming. Yeah. And then, but yes, but but the last week or so, all of this has sort of sparked my hope again. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it It is intriguing to, and, you know, it just sort of, I guess, adds that little element of suspense to see what's going to happen. And Cam, to, to make it all the more suspenseful, the kid himself is doing everybody uh, serious favors who are um, interested in him by you know, really showing himself to be quite the player uh, at, a, mm-hmm. at a at a tender age. Now, my my run of not having seen the World Cup continues, but I trust the reports that I've listened to from various people and I've heard people talk about it. And I personally um, blame uh, Dave Hendrick for having talked myself out of Bellingham because you know, Dave was banging the drum almost daily on the show about, look, yeah, of course it'd be great to get him, but when you think about what the price is going to be and you think about the owners we have, wouldn't it be better to split that and get two people and wouldn't we be better off? And that's where I had landed. And now, like I say, I'm all in again because, you know, uh, I, I like, I do like, I obviously like the idea of us getting a high profile signing that everybody else wants. I, you know, like I'm not going to hide that that would be something I'd really like. When you think about it, where do you find yourself landing on that spectrum of optimism or pessimism? Or, or is there another place where you're kind of just a little bit detached and different and see what happens? I don't really care. Where, where, where are you with on, on all of this? Okay. As a player, um, forget any transfer fee or anything like that. You want him at your club. He's just a beautiful football player. I can't think of a, another word for him. He's just beautiful to watch. Um, he's, he's got an elegance about him. And that's just from the little game, little game time I've seen during the World Cup. He just. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4pm Monday through Friday covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week and then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. He, he's got so much intelligence and he just knows what to do and he knows how to do it. And he's not flustered. He's, he's just got so much about him. Thinking of 
what the potential transfer fee is going to be now. I'm thinking of the situation of where the club is at right now in terms of potential sale or potential investment. So let's break that down into two. If it's a potential investment, then there's no reason to see why the club couldn't secure him in January if they knew that investment was coming in. If that was the player that they've identified as the one they are going to go for, if he was available in January. If it's a potential sale, but the sale doesn't happen before the January transfer window, why would FSG in their right mind invest £150 million or commit to a £150 million investor not knowing that they're not really going to get a return on that? I know they don't have to pay the money up front, but what if Dortmund insists, well, we've had an offer from Real Madrid and they're prepared to pay the money up front. They suddenly get the power, don't they? And then Liverpool have got to think, well, what do we do? I know that obviously the way transfers fees are done, you split it up into the term of the contract that the player signs and the payments are done accordingly that way. But not doesn't mean to say that that could not be the case. I mean, I'm looking at worst case scenario there and then suddenly we're, FSG are going to say, well, it's of no, why, why should we spend £150 million on a player? And we're not going to get, like I say, not going to get anything back on it. We're still getting our four, $4 billion for, for the club. It's, they're, they're business people, ultimately. So that's my only worry. If there's no sale of the club before the transfer window and the player suddenly becomes available. But then when you look at the news and how it's been, Hendo's just suddenly become this daddy figure for him. And it's always Hendo. And then there was a picture of Trent and then there was the interview of Trent and it's just like, well, just two mates going out, isn't it? You haven't seen Bellingham with anybody else, have you? Any other, really, any other players from any other of the, you know, any of the other England players hanging around, hanging about, you know, doing this stuff. It always seems to be everything we see, we see seems to be around the Liverpool players and that they're playing with us. They are deliberately playing with us. They're toying with us. And it's, and it's, it's almost wrong. What they're doing because because they know what it's doing to LFC fans and winding them up yeah and, it, and if nothing happens now what could be worse than seeing all that knowing how much transfer talk there is yeah all they're doing is just hanging around isn't it being just sitting around with each other doing stuff together as mates do but because we're also desperate for this signing because we need a superstar signing and FSG haven't really made that big statement signing off their own back, if that makes sense. You can't, you can't really, because everybody's always going to hark back to, well, VVD was from the Coutinho sale along with Alisson. They haven't made that huge statement signing, have they? Could it then also be that's the way they're going to sign out? Here you go, Liverpool. This is what we've done for you. 
Yeah, I mean, that sounds spectacularly Father Christmas-like, and I love it. Uh, I just don't know about it. And, and you know, as I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and, you know, you mentioned, I think it's like they're, they're saying ballpark 134 for a potential signing of uh, Bellingham. And the guy who we're also being heavily linked with, who I was a, a sort of convinced was going to be achievable at a sort of not modest fee, but a, a, a doable fee, is of course Enzo Fernandez. And Enzo Fernandez is now being quoted about north of a hundred million, so he's not exactly going to be cheap either. And so we go from this situation where we go back to this situation again, where and you're, what you've been saying there kind of underlines it. Like if if it is like a parting gift or the result of an investment or whatever the hell it happens to be. It's likely to be the only thing. Uh, and again, I think we're just left in that situation. I saw someone tweet something recently. And it, was, <laughs> it was basically, you know, that feeling when you've signed Jude Bellingham, but he's starting alongside Jimmy Milner next season. <laughs> and and, and, and I, 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 I found it hard to argue with the, like everybody knows I love Jimbo, uh, but that would be, Crazy town. It's already crazy town. Nobody wants to accept it. There, there, there are, sorry, plenty of people out there. There are lots of people out there who are still entirely in denial about the whole thing. And they want to get pissy with you. And they want to fight you about how our midfielders are great. And that's fine. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm way too old to be indulging in that kind of nonsense anymore. I'm just saying my opinion. I think, I think we're already in crazy town. We were, we were this summer when we went into the season without a midfielder to just add Jude would not in any way, shape or form be enough. Obviously it would be a super amazing thing if it could happen in January, but I don't think anybody believes that's possible. Um, Dortmund have their season and all the rest of it. So look, it's an interesting one for sure, and it leaves us kind. Of, it leads us into the whole topic at the moment of what you raised there, Cam, which is the what the hell is going on, and what kind of impact is that going to have on the season? And Lisa Marie, because we know so little, you know, because we're so in the dark, because we go from. It's going to be a, 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 a gang of Americans uh, taking over completely too. It's going to be uh, some um, assorted chaps buying a stake to all of a sudden we've got uh, a joint, um, what was a Saudi and Qatari bid. Uh, and it, it just lurches along from day to day with various levels of believability to all of these things. Now, it's not important that you and I and Cam and the fans necessarily know what's going on, but you would like to have a little bit more of a certain feel that something is going on, because I just feel if we lurch into the second half of the season with things as they are and nothing defined, it's hard to see how that doesn't have a knock-on effect psychologically with the players. At least that would be my take. What do you think? Absolutely. In fact, I think we talked about this very thing back in the spring as far as Chelsea was concerned and, you know, how their situation, you know, had to be impacting their players. So I, I can't see, you know, having made that statement about, you know, a club that I don't really care anything about. 
I have to think that, yeah, it, it's absolutely got to be, I mean, even if it's not front and center, you know, it's in the back of your mind. You know, this, the players, the staff, all of, you know, this is their job. This is their livelihood. This is how they support their families. And, and that's got to be a worry. I mean, anybody who's worked for a company that, and, and I'm just being very general here, but, but a company that's potentially going to be sold or there's going to be a merger or, or any of that, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a stress, it, you know, it's, it, you know, be it a large one or a small one. And um, yeah, so, I mean, that's at this point in time, I mean, obviously I do care who purchases the club, but, but I'm just kind of hoping let's get it done. So it's not, you know, I don't want it lingering. I mean, I don't see it being done unless there's just all kinds of things going on behind the scenes. You know, I don't necessarily think it may or may not be done you know, before the end of the, say, the January transfer window. I mean, I think that's kind of unlikely. I, you know, I could be absolutely wrong. And tomorrow there'll be some, you know, news release that, oh, the club's been sold to whoever. Um, but I certainly don't want it to linger into the summer because, I mean, that's, it's, it's just going to be open and hanging out there. And, you know, and, and not just for our own, you know, the current player staff, but anybody you're looking to recruit to come in, either be it on the player side or, as we know, there's some pretty big staff positions that are open. And I would be hesitant, you know, on a personal level, if you know, to take a position with the company where I don't know who my boss is going to be, you know, six months from now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, what do you think about that specific issue, Cam, about the – I mean, I'm a, is there a danger that – I'm overriding this because I know when I speak to Jan, he always says, oh, look, you can underestimate how I don't I'm trying to pick the right phrase here. Disinterest isn't in the word, but how self-focused players are in terms of they just get on with doing the thing that they do and they don't think too deeply about other things. So they'll just keep their daily focus on their nutrition and their performance levels and training and their performance levels and matches and then get on with it and it'll be just a discussion whereas i think we're inclined to attribute perhaps a little bit more angst to them than 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 they probably actually feel in the middle of it all or do we i mean what do you think it's it's pretty big existential thing like the 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 ownership of a club because it does mean for players that you could have a a different take on how they are perceived by new owners in terms of their value as an asset. And therefore you, you do have a sort of feeling there, don't you, that everything's up in the air. Um, if you're a, if you're a footballer, and I would just worry. I, I really do. I, I would worry that it might unsettle some of our very, very best lads cause that kind of, little bit of trouble that we don't need when if we achieve anything this year this year cam it's going to be very fine margins um i'm gonna i i think i've got a very different take here now to lisa marie um i think it's very different from the chelsea situation because chelsea as a club were in turmoil because of the owner we're not in turmoil with our owners in any way shape or form um i think obviously we're we're a lot more stable as a, a football club than what Chelsea were. Um, they were, that was a genuine worry that the club was, could have just completely been wiped out. So 
not anywhere near that. We were when it was Hicks and Gillette coming in. That was, you know, we were close to administration. But right now, you know, the club's in a very stable position. The club's going to be sold for a huge amount of money or have an investment come in with a huge amount of money when the time or the people are right to do that. The players have got very good contracts. They're not going to suddenly have their contracts just ripped up and thrown away. That would be an interesting one for all the lawyers to jump on, wouldn't it? Uh, Stability-wise, you know, monetary-wise, there's nothing for them to overly worry about in that sense. So I think it's very, very different to what Chelsea were in that respect. So I don't think the players would let it get to them in the way that it possibly did with the Chelsea players and team. They will just do what they've got to do. They know what their their focus is. You know, this is a, a group of players that last season played every single game. That there has they've got they we we've how many times have we used the term mentality monsters? Last season was mentality monsters. Yeah, it didn't quite work out for us. But that you know, to do what they did and to be that close to doing what they did shows us a strength within them that that's been instilled into them as well by Jurgen Klopp, Pep Linders, you know, um, Johnny Achterberg, uh, the Klopp doppelganger, whatever his name is. Right? But, um, I was going to say Lenny Kravitz, then, but um, it's, it's Peter Kravitz or something like that. Is that a moral of one? Peter Kravitz, and you've yeah. got the lad who looks like Klopp is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. So, you know, and even possibly coming down from the ownership as well, you know, that, that this is what they want. And so for me, I don't think the players, I think the players have, have got, are too focused on trying to get our season right to be thinking who's going to be the next owner. They should be excited possibly about who's coming in rather than thinking, oh my God, who is coming in? They should be thinking, think of some of the players that we could come in here who, who we're going to be playing alongside. Look, look what happened with Newcastle. You know, that's how we should be looking at it. They've gone from a mid-table team now to a serious top four contender. And that's, um, we should be thinking, right, we were, were top dogs along with City and we're going to go even better. That should be something to look forward to, something to be excited about. But I'm usually the pessimistic one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that. I like that upbeat take on it. And I think it's probably it's probably the best way for us to be thinking about it. And you could be right. It could absolutely. And like I said, it could very well be the way the players are thinking about it as well. A lot of them, uh, some of the lads are going to be coming home a bit stung. I think, obviously, uh, Fab and Ali uh, are joining the the uh, the players returning as of uh, Brazil's elimination today uh which you guys told me was to penalties in Croatia we've got Darwin on his way back uh is Virgil in action over the weekend I presume he is they, they he's, playing, he's playing right now though 
Netherlands, Argentina. Okay, okay. Yeah. So oh, they're losing right now. Okay. Yeah. So you could potentially have Virgil on his way back as well. <laughs> you get that group back together again. I think, yeah, it will probably just be a matter of look, we're going to do our thing, like like Jan always says, we're going to get our thing, do our thing, and maybe we do. I think as fans, we possibly over uh, analyze what might be going on in fellas' heads when actually they just want to get on and play in the next game and doing the best they can for them. If it went on too long, I do think it would start to be a real issue, I have to say. But hopefully that won't be the case. You would like to think there might be some sort of clarification around what's about to happen uh, over the next while. Uh, just to say our curiosity, if for no other reason. Um, now, at this point, I'm just going to drop it in here into the show. Cam, last week we spent a lot of time chit-chatting about uh, four different things that upset us about football. You've been uncharacteristically optimistic there. I feel like we need to get the karmic balance back. <laughs> uh, and so I was going to ask you, did you have a little think as we were going through the show there? Was there anything that really, really grinds your gears football-wise? And if you want to talk about it, and if not, just let me know and we will flag it up again with you next week, and we can have a good old moan uh, over your chosen two topics on the next show. Uh, does anything jump out at you now, or do you, would you rather wait? Yeah, yeah, something really jumps out, and it's, oh, uh, okay, here we it's go. Liverpool, Liverpool-centric, completely Liverpool-centric. Right. Um, we are all fans of Liverpool Football Club, regardless of where we're from, regardless of who we are, regardless of what we are, regardless of anything. The bottom line is, whether you agree with me or don't agree with me, I love the club as much as you do. And no one can take that away from me, regardless of where I was born or where I live, how many times I've been to Anfield, how many times I haven't been to Anfield, how much money I may have spent in my lifetime supporting the club, how much I may not have spent supporting the club, how much time I may have given up living on the other side of the world. To watch a game of football at whatever ungodly hour, that is still me supporting the club. I love the club as much as anybody else, as much as anybody. And everybody loves the club as much as I do. Nobody has a God-given right to love the club any more than anybody in the world. We are all equal. Suck it up. Deal with it. Live with it. Go fuck yourselves if you think otherwise. I was waiting for that bit at the end because it was all way, way too. Uh, it was all way too uh, possible that it could just go straight into a commercial, and then you you can't you calm the shit out of it right at the end. Yeah, I, is was there a specific thing that that inspired that for you, man? Have you have you seen something I, recently? I mean, or? Not recently. I mean, I've I've had I've had it asked to me twice. In all the times I've been to Anfield, at one time somebody said, "Oh, where are you from?" And I said, "I'm. Oh, I, I think I was living in Gloucester at the time, which is a uh, towards the southwest of England, um, not far from uh, the Welsh border." And um, and the guy goes, "Yeah, you're fucking out of town or a wall or something. I don't know what he called me." And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever. You know, um, is that the best you got?" And then he didn't know what to say. He walked off. And then another guy once asked me, um, uh, this was, I was in the, uh, it was, it's the Sir Kenny Dalgleish standing there, just queuing up to get a drink at half time or something. He goes, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from wherever. And he goes, 
fair play to you, making the effort. And it's like, again, he was a local lad, but chalk and cheese. Yeah. You know, just, just yeah. at the end of the day, we're, our players are not from Liverpool, you know, you, and you, you, you support them to the hill, to a point. That's a bag of dog shite, and you get frustrated. But when they're wearing the red shirt, they got the live bird on their chest. You, you, you just want them to be better than Pele, better than Maradona, better than Beckenbauer, better than Platini, better than Zidane. You know, you want them better than Perlo, better than Messi. You want them to be the, the the best of the best of the best. But you you have a problem with your fan base. Well, don't you want our fan base to be the best? But is our fan base only then going to be the best if it's somebody from L4 or L3 or L2 or L65 or whatever? No. You know, I go there and I'll make as much noise as the next man. Took my daughter to her first game last season and she came back and said to him, Mum, he's even madder there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because um, it's a, it's a great one to go back to Lisa Marie with in a minute as well because. Obviously, you got very distinctive shares in this topic, uh, Lisa Marie. But uh, as 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 a, an Irish lad who's been over uh, a lot as well, I've I've gotten pretty much everything you can imagine. But the vast majority, like you know, ninety percent of it, has been really positive. Um, some of it, bananas positive. Actually, to be honest, they would it it, it it's never fails to amaze me how you can get introduced to a lad in a pub who says, oh yeah, I really like your podcasts. And you're going, Christ, this is mad, right? This is nuts. Uh, and these things can happen and they're very, very positive. But there's a phrase you, you use there in it, you know, that where are you from phrase, which is very popular in the uh, British media at the moment, obviously. It's, <laughs> it's sparked, I didn't even thought that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sparked quite a conversation. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've all had our own little experiences where, you know, uh, yeah, it, 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 my, my countrymen are particularly uh, uh, well-versed in the, uh, in the uh, not necessarily getting a fair crack of the whip by everybody uh, from uh, good old Blighty uh, over the years. So it is an interesting one for sure. And uh, I'm glad you brought it up. But to go over to you on it, Lisa Marie, as someone who, you know, you've had, one of which you, you spoke about recently, those experiences going to watch live games, you've been to see Liverpool pre-season. You, like so many others, do that insane thing of, of 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 loading up on coffee so you can watch matches uh, when <laughs> when you should be asleep, uh, and 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 you're, you're here you are doing podcasts about said matches when you probably have a million other things you could be doing as well, and um, that kind of dedication is what Cam's talking about there. Uh, are you aware of this as a debate because it can get quite. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, 
but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Feisty. It can get quite bitter and it's interesting. In, in the way that oftentimes you'll notice that people who are getting the most upset and offended for whatever cause are people who are not actually the ones being targeted. Sometimes I've noticed some of the people getting most bent out of shape. It doesn't tend to be scousers at all, but it's people saying, what are you doing? You're not even from Liverpool, that type of thing. Are you aware of that as a phenomenon? Is it something you've experienced in your online fan experience? Okay, so for the first part, yeah, I'm aware of it. Um, you know, and and probably just as a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, more recent fan, I'm, you know, maybe not as honed into it as I might be if I'd been following the team for a couple of decades. So, um, so yeah, and, and honestly, I think I'm more aware of it hearing, you know, you or Cam or, or some of the other people just sort of reference it and talk about it. Um, I have been pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised, but um, I guess I've just fallen in with the right people. Um, because, and, and I've said this on, on, you know, on one of the discord chats that, you know, I was very hesitant at first to engage with people online and everything because I just sort of assumed that they would think American female, she doesn't know what she's talking about, you know, those, those sorts of things. And at least, you know, within the AI community and field index community, I have not felt any of that, you know, at all. And I, and I've, you know, and I've said it in a couple different places at a couple different times that, you know, cause you know, for me, it's the, <clears throat> the addition of not only being American, but being a female and, you know, there can be some sexism, you know, as far as comments and, you know, and things like that. And, and I have not personally, you know, experienced any of that, but I, it could also be, I just haven't been around long enough. You know, sometimes the longer you're around something, the more likely you are to, you know, to catch a hit. Um, so, so yeah, but, but I am aware that it goes on. And when I do see it, you know, as I said, I haven't received any personal, you know, comments or criticisms or anything, but I have seen them, you know, aimed at others. And, and it just, it, it annoys me because it's like, it, you know, exactly what Cam was saying earlier. You know, I, I have just as right, much a right to, to support this team as, as anybody does. And, you know, I wish I lived, you know, 
in Liverpool or, or, you know, or somewhere in the UK to where I could come to Anfield. I mean, that's like on my bucket list now is, you know, places I truly, truly want to go. I want to be able to experience it, you know, firsthand, but let's be real. <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, it's not something that can be easily done um, for varying reasons, you know, a number of them. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think anybody should be criticized for living in Australia or, you know, Nashville or, or wherever that, you know, they can't rock up to Anfield on any given weekend to, you know, enjoy the team and, you know, be there, be there in person, you know, at Anfield su supporting the players or even, you know, anywhere else, even in an away match or whatever. I mean, you know, my greatest, not only Anfield, I mean, I'd love to be at one of these, you know, Champions League matches, you know, I'm no, we had a little discussion in the WhatsApp group a few months back about countries we'd traveled and, and then it morphed into, you know, Cam and Carl kind of talking about places you've gone to see Liverpool play and everything. And I mean, my eyes turned green with jealousy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so no, it has not, I have not received it personally. Now watch, I'll just get slagged all, you know, online this week. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but but no, I have not received it personally, but I am, I am aware that it happens. Um, and I just, I think I would be able to, you know, Trev to, to harken back to our discussion last week. You know what? Scroll on, screw you. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. I have just as much right to support Liverpool as, you know, anybody. And, you know, if you have a problem with that, whatever. Yeah, no, that's it. It's it's, it's it, that was the the takeaway last week was just roll your eyes and move on. It really is not worth the engagement. And it, you know, what? it's a lovely heartening thing to hear that as of yet, uh, that is not a thing you've had to face. Because if you were to listen to people talk, um, you know, uh, football fans are just boorish, woman hating, uh, 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 unwelcoming clannish hateful and all the rest of it and there are a huge amount of really good people out there and i think our extended anfield index crew are particularly good bunch so it is nice to know that there is that sort of positivity out there as well that you can stick your toes in the water and not find yourself getting them bitten off by some sort of a uh yeah union jack flag shagging shark uh, telling you, telling you some little Englander truths about how you're not welcome around these parts. I have a question for you both. I've just seen a report um, that I want to bounce off you. It's uh, an interview with Carlo Ancelotti. Um, uh, Cam, you remember Bob Paisley used to use the phrase uh, about the opposition that you were about to play. He said he used to he liked to give them a bit of toffee. Do you remember that phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, say something, talk, talk nicely about them, tell them how great they are. Well, Carlo has been talking about the general state of football. He says, we are in a phase of transition. Uh, we're running out of Ibra, Ronaldo, Suarez, Cavani, Messi and Benzema are 35, Lewandowski. I will celebrate them next year. He said, or we'll celebrate that, that birthday next year. The new ones, he says, are Mbappe, Richarlison, Haaland, Alvarez, and Nunez. What do you think of that? Because to me, that's pure toffee, I have to say. 
I don't, I don't, I think that's a cynical little play by Carlo uh, to get inside our man's head. I, I, I can't believe he's elevating him into the same little bracket there as Mbappe and Haaland. And then can we go for topic number two? Richarlison. Well, that's no, where I was going to go. Excuse number me, I just one. Had one. <laughs> <laughs> now, apparently, apparently the lads had a good World Cup, and apparently because he's he's got uh, very similar political views to a lot of people on Twitter, he's now great. Uh, I, I no. agree with that bit. Well, he's still like a, he's views. he's still a ball bag. I don't care about oh, any of his political yeah, views. Yeah, but but as a person away from the pitch, yeah, full respect because at the end of the day he's. He shares similar values to myself, so I'm not going to knock. But on the football pitch, yeah, he's a he's he's a great AA hole. And yes. He's but he's one of those players. If he's in your team, you're going to love him because he gives you everything. He's that he's got that mentality, hasn't he? When he was at Watford, I actually quite liked him. I thought I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind him at Liverpool. I'm not going to lie to you. I I did like the look of him. Um, but he is a grade A a hole. Um, he's struggling to get into the first first eleven. He scored two or three goals at the World Cup, so he's, I know he scored two goals in one game. Um, I don't know how many he scored. Aside from that, I've not really paid attention. Um, do you th- do you think that proves my point though that Carlos absolutely? Oh yeah, yeah, doing a, he's doing a little bit yeah, of yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. That's uh, why you threw him in there. A hundred percent. Just to show, just to show, this isn't a serious quote. Because he actually splits Haaland and Mbappe with Richarlison, <laughs> then he throws in, he throws in our Darwin at the end. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I love Darwin, and he does have the potential to be an absolute world beater, but he ain't there yet. Love. And that's, that's just that. That I don't just see. I just wanted to throw that one out there. It sweet, seems isn't it? it's very sweet. From it's God. it's very clever from the from from the the wise I'm old. Sure, I'm sure uh, Jurgen's seen that and he'll throw something in there as well. Yeah, I I don't know if Jurgen's quite as good or or even if he gets involved in these type of things. Uh, he certainly doesn't have the Mourinho appetite for it. But uh, true. But but that's it's interesting coming from Carlo. He's 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 a wily old fox. I'll, I'll give yeah. him that. Uh, he knows what's happening. It's gone five past eight. We should start wrapping it up. So I'm going to do exactly that. Uh, if you have any last minute thing that you want to mention, then please feel free to do that. Uh, I want to let people know that um, myself and Dave will be back. That's Dave Davis. We'll be back with a transfer show probably Monday. Um, so keep an ear out. I find that, that really amusing, you know. What's that? You talking transfers. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's it's absolutely hilarious. And, and, Just and, so and... fucking hypocritical. It's what I do best, brother. It's yeah. what I do best. <laughs> Hypocrisy. It's yeah, my, yeah. It's yeah. my real house. It's my real I house. love Alan O'Donoghue. He's a great guy. <laughs> Fuck that down, he gives the threat. <laughs> I've met Alan O'Donoghue. We've hugged. We've I've met we've Alan twice. Together. Yep. Twice. You know, what? you know what? My two previous trips to Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you both go and marry Alan O'Donoghue? Why are you getting so bitter? <laughs> <laughs> you talk about green-eyed jealousy. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's literally zero jealousy here. I'm just, I'm trying to work out who's who, who are loyal party members. And I'm he's, thinking. Not only is he talking toffee, 
He's now become bitter. The man's a blue in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> blue, blue in disguise actually might be a good name for this show. I think we are. <laughs> That's what we're uh, uh, right. So we should wrap it up there uh, with um, both Lisa Marie and Cam Branch hacking the back of me as usual. I get bullied relentlessly on this show. I'm used to it at this stage. It's been years Aww, and years. Poor of trauma. Do that in computer voice. It'll make him feel better. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. no, here we go. Uh-uh. Trev, bless your heart. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, y- y'all, y'all made me feel better in the end. Uh, so so uh, we should wrap it up. We should wrap it up. I'm going to let, 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 let us go. Uh, Cam, anything you want to say or are you happy enough to wrap it up? I uh, just got a quick recommendation. I'll just finish watching Reacher on Amazon Prime. Really good. Really enjoyed the series. Lovely. That's nice. That's that's one for folks to go and get in. Uh, Lisa Marie, want to be any recs or anything you want to mention? Um, I have on the back. Okay, so I think we've all talked about Friday Night Lights before. Love it. Love Brilliant. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So Brilliant. I've started rewatching it because apparently Scott Porter, who played Jason Street, um, <laughs> the guy who played Max, uh, Matt Saracen, I can't think of his name. Any. Anyway, they have started kind of a rewatch podcast. Um, it's called, I think, like, it's not only football or not just about the football or something like that. And so I've caught the first couple episodes of that. And so I've started rewatching the series. So, ah. you know, it's just when you need a little bit of good in your life, a little bit of light, seek out Friday Night Live. It's, it's on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a good wreck. That's a good wreck. And people really love those. They're like comfort listen podcasts as well when they're talking about something that they love. So well, that's, that's a nice. It's that's interesting because nice they're talking about, I mean, and they're only, I mean, they literally just started it last month and they're doing one a week. So, I mean, they're only about four or five episodes in and like the first pod just talked about, this is what we're doing. You know, this is kind of why we're doing it. Um, and then they, they took them two two episodes to do the, the pilot talk about the pilot, but they've, they've kind of talked about how they were cast and, and, you know, kind of, they had to go into sort of, you know, football boot camp and, you know, and just some of the, the, you know, they talked about kind of the behind the scenes and the production of it too, which I think is, you know, it's just interesting. So anyway, seek it out. Shall do. I can see myself doing that. Uh, well, if you'll excuse me, uh, I have to go and paint uh, for the next four hours. And then I have to paint all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And then I'll have to paint after work on Monday and Tuesday. I will be painting. That's what I do now. I paint. <laughs> so thank you, Christmas, you prick, uh, for creating a situation where I have to paint all the time now in my spare time but that is what i'm gonna head off to do uh, i better get back and get to it or else i will uh, be behind schedule so thanks to lisa marie hannah and thanks to cambridge i've been trev denny this is the anfield index podcast only the 350 episodes don't you know surely that's worth something of a celebration a young tandem but we'll leave that to him to uh, think about coming on horrid soon as we say around here it'd be nice to have him and dave just uh, do a little cameo just saying that's just saying Ooh, like um it. yeah we, so we'll see we'll see if such a thing can happen in we'll the next get one. Alan O'Donoghue. 
I'd love to get Alan on. He's a lovely fella. I have suggested that in the past too. (laughs) I, for one, I'm sick of you absolutely hacking the back off when the mics go uh, go dead. Uh, You're you're such a hypocrite, Cam Branch. You're such a hypocrite. The worst. Lisa Marie, I'm 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 nothing but nice to him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> me. You're nothing but nice to me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Who wouldn't be nice to you, Lisa? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and with that, with that completely insincere note, we shall end the show. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.